Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemmanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at myemmanuelchurch. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message. are glad that you are here with us today. You can go ahead and take a seat if you are here with us in person. Uh, I am Pastor Gabe. Uh, I hope that you are having a blessed Sunday so far. Uh, we have a couple of announcements before I get into the word this morning. Um, I'm a little tired this morning because this past uh, weekend we had a youth lock-in event that I was at uh, with our students, and uh, they assaulted me with pies uh, because over the past five weeks, they've been uh, aiming to raise $300 for Speed the Light, which is our student-led missions program, and they raised over the course of five weeks not $300, but $485.21, and we, I was very proud of them, and uh, so I took some punishment for that. <laughs> Uh, they had a good time. They felt a little bad for me, which is good. You know, uh, I wanted them to feel. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but we are glad uh, that they are. Our students are involved and uh, hoping to send that money to Speed the Light, which is a ministry that reaches out and helps missionaries, provides them with vehicles, transportations, and uh, equipment to reach people with the, the gospel. So I'm a little tired this morning, but uh, we are going to soldier through. Next Sunday, we will not be having our regular 1130 service. We will be having a joint service, a bilingual service, English and Spanish, with our uh, Spanish service at 930 a.m. because we are celebrating our church's 40th anniversary. Uh, we're celebrating our 40th anniversary. We are also having a banquet next Sunday night at 6 o'clock with tickets are $20 per person and $5 per child. And so we would love for you to join us in the celebration next week, whether it's in person or it's online. We want you to be with us. Uh, however, you you can't be at the banquet online. You got to eat there. So you'll miss out on the food if you're not there in person. But we are glad to be able to celebrate that. Uh, ne- also next week after our uh, after our, we celebrate our 40th anniversary, we're going to be uh, coming back into a new season of e-groups. Uh, and they're going to be moving to Tuesday nights at 7.30. Tuesday nights at 7.30. So we hope that you will be able to join us for e-groups. We have a great time uh, at e-groups talking, eating, and studying the Bible and praying together. So those are the announcements I have today. And now it's been a while since uh, maybe you missed me preaching. I don't know if you did. But uh, I'm going to be bringing the word with you Today, we're not starting a new series yet just because of our celebrations and everything that's going on, but we will be starting a new series soon. But today, today I'm going to be sharing a message that I'm calling, These Are Not Mine. These Are Not Mine. And we're going to be reading in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 32 to 40. 
Uh, I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible. If you have another version, that's okay. You can follow along with me. It's just not going to sound the same. So 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 32 to 40. And this is the story of David and Goliath. We, if you've grown up in church, you have heard this story. And on another note, our platform here is a little bit uh, unconstructed. Uh, it's a work in progress. It'll be back to better, hope, uh, by next week. We're working on back to better by next week. But this is the story of David and Goliath. And David, if you've grown up in church, you've heard the story of David and Goliath. The young kid David faces a giant by the name of Goliath, and he wins. He wins. It's an unexpected matchup. And all through the ages now, this story is known not even in just church spheres. It's known uh, around the world as a common story of the underdog defeating the, the, the seemingly unbeatable opponent. And so this story, I love this story, and there's so much to learn from it. Over the years, as I've read the story over and over and over again, there are still things that I find that are new to me, things that I feel that God is still teaching us. And so today, today I want to focus on part of the story that happens before the battle. We know the battle. We know the ending. David wins. Uh, Goliath is defeated. And David goes home triumphant. But before we get to that part, David is in enters into the story simply as a young boy delivering lunch to his brothers. His brothers are in the battlefield, and so he has come to give them food. He has come to check up on them. His dad said, go take this food to your brothers and, give, and bring something back for assurance. Let me know that they are doing okay. I just want to know. I just want to know if everything is fine. And so this is the situation we find David in. And as he is there, he overhears that there's a problem. The fight isn't going as planned because the army of Israel is terrified. They're terrified because there is a champion on the other side and they're challenging them to a fight. This was something common in ancient wars. They would, instead of fighting a full-scale battle, would choose a single champion. And they would say, all right, the fight is going to be settled by two champions from one, on the, uh, one side each. And whoever wins that fight wins the war. And so this is what was happening. And they, the Philistine army presented their champion, who was Goliath, who was like almost nine feet tall. He was a very big man. He was a very terrifying man. He, uh, we know from the story that he had been a soldier from his youth. So he was not only tall, but he was probably good at fighting. He was probably very uh, a strong, muscular guy because it says that the weapons that he held were like hundreds of pounds each, his sword and his shield and his uh, spear. And so he was strong. He was intimidating. And so David hears that this is going on. And David decides that he is going to enter into the fight. So this is where, our, where I'm picking up. 
First Samuel 17, 32 to 40. And it says, David said to Saul, who the king at the time, let no one lose hearts on account of the Philistine. Your servants will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. You're only a boy. And he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it, rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic and he put a coat of armor on him and a broad helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off and he took his staff in his hand. He chose smooth stones from a stream and he put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag. And with his sling in hand, he approached the Philistine. Let's uh, pray a moment. Father, I ask that you speak to us through your word today. I ask that you enlighten us with what we can learn and gain from your word in this place. Let your Holy Spirit uh, open our eyes and open our hearts to what you have to say today. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is a, a funny thing, and it might not seem funny. It might not see, It might seem serious, but I can only imagine that David is walking around in this armor that Dave, that Saul has tried to dress him in. And something that, you know, you don't get from the context of just this story, but if you read the entirety of the story of Saul and David, you understand why it was really weird what was happening. David was like 17 years old, and we don't know how tall David was. It doesn't tell us that he was tall or anything, but he's 17. Um, so he was probably... I don't know, not finished growing. He's still maybe short. Uh, he is considered the runt of his family. And so he was the one that nobody wanted to talk to, nobody wanted to be with. He was too, and they maybe didn't consider him strong or anything. But Saul, on the other hand, Saul, when we read the story of Saul, it says Saul stood head and shoulders above everyone else around him. So Saul was tall. Saul was a big guy. Saul was formidable. And yet, for some reason, Saul had lost heart because of the enemy that they were facing. And he says, all right, you know what? Go ahead, David. And I, I feel like there's some sarcasm here. <laughs> because David says, you know what? I've faced a lion. I have faced a bear. And I have won. And Saul's like, sure you have. But that's not a nine foot tall man. And I don't know if you can actually do this. But you know what? God be with you. Here's my armor. And so if you can imagine, David is wearing this armor that doesn't fit him. It's probably too big. 
It's probably not comfortable. He's probably loose-fitting. It's probably heavier and uh, something that he is not used to walking around in because he is a shepherd. His weapons of choice, it tells us, is he's got a bag, he's got a staff, and he's got a slingshot. And this is, this is David's weapons of choice. And so he is walking in this armor that he isn't comfortable with. He's walking in this armor that he is not used to. And so he tells Saul, I can't go in this because it just, just isn't right. These aren't mine. I'm not comfortable here. These aren't mine. And we have a lot of situations that we've probably been like that in life where we are in a place that we are unfamiliar with. Especially if you ever go on, I don't know if you have, but I have dozens of time when you wake up in a hotel or like you're on vacation or something and suddenly you wake up and you're like, where am I? Or you spend the night at someone's house, uh, you know, growing up, if you ever had a sleepover or anything, you wake up and it's like, where? In a moment, you're just like, where? this isn't my house. This isn't my bed. What is going on here? Or then, have you ever tried to take a shower at someone else's houses? Showers seem like simple things. But for whatever reason, when you're in someone else's home, it's ne- it never makes sense. Like, what is this? Why do they have five dials? I have two. I have one. Like, what? where is the hot? Where is the cold? How do you turn on the shower? What is happening here? It's unfamiliar. Because it's not your house. It's not your home. When I was in Guatemala, I went on a trip in Guatemala several years ago, and I was very unfamiliar with the system that they use for showers. And not only that, you had to be careful. You had to be very careful because if you put the water at just like one degree too hot, you shut down the power for the whole house. And that, unfortunately, was me at one point in time. And they were happened to be watching the World Cup at the time. And they were like, hey, turn the shower off. They're yelling at me from downstairs. And I was like, oops, <laughs> my bad. Guess I got to change it here. And it took me a minute. And then the, finally the power came back on. But that happens with us in life. You know, we borrow, maybe you borrow someone's clothes. And it's like, oh, this, this fits me like too loose. It's too small. Uh, but try to put on a new pair. If you fit on a pair, try and put on a new pair of shoes. It's like these, they don't work. They, you know, they're, they're still tight. They're still stiff. I'm not used to these. These aren't mine yet. But if we are in our own home, we're comfortable because this is my place. This is where I, I know I could walk around my house with my eyes closed if I needed to because I know where everything's at. We, we put on clothes or, or our shoes that we're familiar with. And you know, this, is, this is comfortable because this is mine. This is mine. But to David in this situation, these, this armor was not his. And so like David fighting a battle, about to enter into a battle, an important battle, he could not go wearing something he wasn't used to. Wearing something that wasn't his. But we do that a lot in life. We try to face things down with ways that we're unfamiliar with, things that we're unfamiliar with, doing things that someone else has suggested, trying to follow in someone else's footsteps, and we are not comfortable with it. And so we end up struggling along the way. We end up struggling 
along the way. So today, there's three things that I want you to know that we can figure how to fight our battles better in life. How can we better fight our battles? First, my first point is we need to choose the right battles to fight because there are some hills that are not worth dying on. There are some hills that are not worth dying on. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, before we, this passage that we read, David arrived on the scene. And like I said, he was trying to figure out what was going on. But that wasn't just for anything. He was trying to see if this battle was important enough to actually make an effort and actually make a stand for. He started talking around. He says, hey, what's happening? What is going on here? So people started telling him. It's like, well, you know, this is big guy. They call him Goliath. He is a giant. You know, he is big. And it wasn't, apparently, it wasn't just the Goliath, because later we learned that Goliath had brothers, and they were all the same height as him. They were all just as big as him. They were just as formidable and terrifying as him. So David goes, okay, that's a thing. That's a, that's a thing I have to deal with. But, but there, is there more? What, you know, who, who's going to fight him? Is someone decided if they've chosen a champion to face him? No, they haven't chosen a champion. Well, why not? Is there a reward? Like, usually in these situations, they would give a reward to someone who is fighting these battles. And so David asks, is there a reward? Is there something that's happening? Are, are they going to give something to someone who steps up? Is there actually benefit in fighting this fight? And I said, yeah, if you fight the fight and if somehow you manage to win because it's very impossible, no one wants to go. But if you win, you're going to get to marry the king's daughter and your family will be exempt from taxes for the rest of their lives. And David says, you know what? That, that sounds, that, that's a good idea. How many of us would never like to pay taxes again? <laughs> Some of it, if you're young and you don't pay taxes yet, you don't know how good you have it right now. I mean, you pay sales tax and stuff like that, but never have to pay taxes again. And not only that, they said that they would be protected by the king, meaning that they would not have to be conscripted into battles. The rest of his family would be safe from that. He says, my brothers can come home. They can stay safe. They don't have to fight anymore. They don't have to worry about dying on the battlefield. They don't have to worry about paying taxes anymore. They'll they'll be safe. And not only that, we can get this fight over with. And the people that are trying to subdue the kingdom that is God's kingdom will finally be defeated in this. And so David says there is something worth fighting for in this fight. So I'm going to take a stand. Sometimes, though, we don't do that. We try to fight every fight possible. Every comment on Facebook, every angry, uh, every angry saying something, some, something, someone that says something, anything that someone says, we're trying to fight all the fights. We're trying to fight all the fights. We're trying to do everything. You know, I don't know how you feel about the God's Not Dead movies. I think there's terrible acting in them. We need better Christian movies, y'all. That's just a side note. We need better Christian movies. Amen. There's some clapping. (laughs) But 
But to me, those movies are kind of funny because it's almost like they're parody sometimes. They take a small situation and end up turning it into this big drama of things that are not really happening in the world. You know, like I know that it's it, it can be difficult sometimes to be a Christian. And I know that a lot of times we might feel like things are hard for us. And maybe they are, but we have brothers and sisters that are suffering around the world at greater levels than we, we would know or we will ever experience in our lives, probably. And yet, yet, we face these situations where we think that everybody is against us. And a lot of times we're fighting battles that God is not even invested in. We're standing, we're, we're, we're yelling about things, talking about things that God is not even invested in. Something that I've heard a lot of is that prayer is not allowed in schools. That is just untrue. Prayer is allowed in schools. The Bibles are allowed in schools. There's a student bill of rights that says that students are allowed to express their faith. It's not law that they can't do it. It just can't be distracting to other people. And so there are, there, there are freedoms that we still have, freedoms that we do. But there are, there are a lot of people who seem so angry about something that's not even real. And they will die on that hill. But God's not even fighting for that. Because even if prayer wasn't allowed in schools, that doesn't mean that we can't pray. Because I can still pray. I mean, I can pray right now. There, I just prayed for y'all right there. You don't even know. You You can still pray. Because you're not limited by that. But sometimes we do things like that. We fight battles that God is not fighting. And we think, you know, know, I I saw someone post something on Facebook and it made me angry because it's, it's not of God. And we start fighting and arguing them on Facebook. And God says, what are you doing? I, I don't want you to fight that fight. We pick fights with people. We, we want to be angry at people. We want to be angry at things in the church. We want to be angry at things outside the church. We want to be angry at, at everything. Because it gives us some kind of sense of control sometimes. But we, we have to understand, sometimes we are fighting battles that God is not even trying to fight. When David became king later in life, before any fight that he went to, he said, consult God first. Because I don't want to go into a fight that God is not asking us to fight. I don't want to do something that God is not putting me up to. I don't want to step in, waste resources, waste time, waste energy, waste people. If God is not in this fight. So first of all, we have to pick our battles right. Sometimes it's not worth fighting people for. Sometimes it's not way, and, and sometimes it, we're not even fighting them the right way, even if we are fighting them. Because we have to realize, first of all, that our enemy is not the people that are around us. They are not our enemy. It feels like it sometimes, but they are not. There might be people that don't like you. I know that there are people that don't like me. They just don't tell me. They keep it inside. But we have to realize that they are not our enemy. We face, the Bible tells us, we face the enemy that is not seen. 
that it is not in this, it's not of this world. It is a spiritual enemy, the principalities of darkness and evil that reigns over the present world, as the Bible puts it. But it's not the people. The Bible doesn't say your, your, your enemy is people. No, instead, those people are the people you're trying to fight to save. You're trying to work for so that they might know the gospel of Jesus, and yet we're picking fights. So we need to be careful and pick our fights. Is God in it or not? Is it worth it? Are not? Are we going to get something for the kingdom, for ourselves, for our family, if we step up and do this? Or is it just going to inflate our ego if we somehow win an argument? Or if we win a fight? Or if we seem smarter than everybody else? Because that's what it is. Sometimes we're, pick, we're picking fights because we want to feel better about ourselves. But that's not what, that's all we need to do. We need to pick fights the right way. If God is in it, then that's where we need to go. Secondly, we got to use what we know. David said, these are not mine. This is, this is my fight. The first, like the first one, we need to pick our battles because sometimes that's not our fight. Sometimes we're using things that we are not, that are not our own weapons. David says, I can't fight with your armor, Saul. It don't fit. I don't look good in it. It's too heavy. I'm not used to it. I don't know how to use a sword. I'm a shepherd. I got knives. I got a staff. But I use a slingshot. Like, that's what I, like, to scare off the animals. And slingshots were deadly. You know, we, we think about it now, and we think about a slingshot as a little little Y-shaped stick. That's not what slingshots were back then. He said, these are not mine. You see, we need to be able to use what we're familiar with. David, can I get you to come up here with the, my weapon of choice? Well, no, not my weapon of choice. So this is probably one of the kind of swords that they would have used in battle. This is a, a broad sword. Uh, this is not like a Middle Eastern broadsword. This is a European broadsword. So this is the kind of weapon you can might imagine that they would use. I don't know how to use this. I have one. This is mine. I, I have this sword. I also have a Japanese sword, a katana. I don't know how to use either of them. They just kind of look cool. Uh, it's like, oh, you have a sword? I like to show people. It says, yeah, I have a sword. Have you ever like used it? No. <laughs> It's just for decoration. It's just because it looks cool. And that's a problem, though, because, like, I, I could, I, if I had an intruder in my home and I tried to use this to defend myself, I wouldn't know what I was doing. It's not even sharp either. Like, it wouldn't do nothing. I, may, I might scare someone around, flating it around, but, like, this is heavy. This is not, this, I can't swing the, I can't, like, I I have a microphone in one hand. I can't swing this with just one hand because it's very weighted at the bottom. I'm not used to this. I don't know how to fight with this. If someone tried to come at me, they would definitely win. It don't matter how big it is, how sharp it is. If I don't know how to use it, it's pointless. 
It's pointless. Same goes for any kind of weapon that we might have, any kind of thing that we might try to use to defend ourselves. I've seen videos of people trying to use tasers and they end up tasing themselves because they don't know how to shoot it. They don't know how to use it. It's not mine. Well, I mean, this is mine, but I don't know how to use this. I'm not used to this. But we do that. We pick spiritual fights. And we start praying when we need something. And God's like, well, uh, let's see. It's been a month since I've last heard from you. (laughs) We're not used to praying. We're not used to reading our Bible. We're not used to spending time uh, in community with the church. We're not used to uh, studying the word of God. We're not used to these things. And yet we will try to use these things to fight. Or sometimes we will follow advice of people that whose life situations are unlike ours. Here's what I mean by that. You have a lot of people on social media, social media gurus, that will tell you these are the seven steps, the five keys, the three laws, that principles, whatever you need to follow, and you will be able to do this. So I'm, I'm very into fitness, and I, so I follow a lot of fitness accounts, and there's a lot of that going around. And so I try to pick and choose the best ones to follow, the ones that seem most relatable, the ones that seem like they know what they're talking about. Because the truth is many, many, like in the fitness industry, in the fitness influencers, the truth is many of those influencers have never been overweight, never have been out of shape. They started it. They started getting into fitness since they were very, very young, and they already were that. And so they are able to do these things because that's what they have always known. And they said, well, if you just do this, you can have abs like me. But you've always had abs, man. You've always been skinny. You've always been, you've always had muscle. You've always had this. Like, how is that going to work for me? So we try to follow the advice of people that our situations are unlike. We see these people who, who, who are millionaires and say, well, you can be a millionaire too. But they've always had money. <laughs> maybe it wasn't their money. Maybe it was their parents' money, but they've always had money. And it's like, well, how am I going to be a millionaire from scratch, if you've already, you were already a millionaire. Like that, that advice doesn't work for me. And so we try to do things and follow things and be things that are not us, that are not who we are. We try to fight like the world fights. We try to fight like, like someone else. You try, you might think, Pastor Gabriel does this, this, and that, and I see that he's close to God, so I'm going to do this, this, and that. But that might not work for you. Because guess what? You are not me. I am not the Apostle Paul who wrote Corinthians. I am not him. Some scholars believe that the Apostle Paul may have had the equivalent of what we would consider today 20 doctorate degrees. I am not that smart. And if you think I'm smart, thank you. I appreciate it. But I'm not that smart. But I'm not him. I don't understand the things that he understood. Even even Peter, 
One of the people who walked and talked with Jesus, ate with Jesus, was there at the cross with Jesus, wrote about Paul's letters, and he says, I know that Paul's letters are difficult to understand. He's like, I don't even get them. (laughs) Because he's not Paul. He's Peter. He understood that. But sometimes we try to be other people, or we try to do exactly what other people do, or we try to do what they do and say, why isn't it working? Because it's not yours. God says, fight with what you are used to. David said, I'm going to use a slingshot because I know how to use the slingshot. I am accurate. I can take down lions. I can take down bears. I know what I'm doing with this. Because I've trained. I've practiced. So number two is use what we know. We got to use what we know. But sometimes if you don't know what you know, if you don't even know what you don't know, we got to know what we know first. So we got to train ourselves. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse 24 to 27 says, do you not know that in a race all runners run and only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others... I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Paul says, if you want to know how to do things, if you want to be better, if you want to fight the right battles the right way, then you need to practice. You need to do something. You need to train yourself up. Because we cannot fight with weapons that we are not used to. We cannot fight with the Bible And talk about the Bible with other people and then we don't even know it. So how do I share the gospel? I I grew up, you know, you know, uh, uh, maybe you've heard of the methods of sharing the gospel with other people. It's the Romans road, ABCs of salvation, things like that. And they're easy to memorize, short little verses that you can use to share with other people. But the problem with those kind of things is, is while they might be good intentioned, many people might have those kind of things memorized and know nothing of the rest of the Bible. And so then they have a question posed to them. It's like, uh, you know, I don't know. Or maybe they think they'll know. And so, well, you just got to do it. You just got to believe what this says. And they, they don't even know. They're not even sure. The Apostle Paul wrote in another place to Timothy, he said, be ready, be prepared to answer questions. And, you know, and sometimes you might have to say you don't know, but I'll go back, I'll study it, I'll learn, I'll grow. But we got to know the Word of God. We cannot, there, there, you might have an argument or a talk or a conversation, whatever you want to call it, with someone that is an atheist that might know the Bible better than you. So we got to practice. We got to train. We got to put it into effort. And what that looks like is taking time. Taking time to read your Bible. You can start small. It's okay. Do the daily verse of the day in the YouVersion Bible app. If you're not even reading the Bible now, start with that. Pick a plan. Pick a Bible plan. 
read a few chapters a day, something. We have to be able to get into the Word of God. When it comes to prayer, we have to spend time with God. It takes time. We have to spend time with God. Prayer is not just this conversation that's, God, I need this. God, I need that. God, I Prayer is silence, listening. Some of us, we are always talking, and we never know how to stop, so we don't listen to what God has to say say to us. Prayer is worship. Prayer is asking of God like we know. Prayer is just being with God. Being able to be in God's presence and to know him. So how can we pray if we don't even know how to pray? Jesus said, I'll get you started. Our Father in heaven. Holy be your name. He says, this is how you pray. This is the model. This is how you can be in conversation with God. There is a way to do it. There is a way to get closer. There is a way to talk to God. But we have to make effort. Some of us think that we might be able to get closer to God simply by coming to church. You cannot just come to church and get closer to God. There is more to our life in faith in Jesus than being in this building or watching online. It's more than that. You have to invest time and effort just like any relationship, just like any warrior, just like any athlete. The Olympics are going on right now. And none of those athletes got to where they are right now by doing nothing. They spent time, effort, money. Uh, they, They dedicated their lives to competing in those situations. To do the best that they could. To win it like the Apostle Paul. To win something that fades away. But he says train yourself so that we can run after the prize. Run after Jesus. That's how we fight the best fights. It's not by looking for fights. I'm about to finish here. It's not by looking for fights. It's not by looking for things to to do. It's not by trying to find every argument we can to destroy other arguments. It's not all about that. He says it's about running the race to win the prize, which is keeping our eyes on Jesus. Because when we do that, then we realize that our weapons that we fight with, they're not the same as the rest of the world. They're not the same as what other people would tell you. Because other people look when they fight to harm. But the Bible tells us that we don't look to harm. If we read Ephesians chapter 6, which we know as the armor of God. It's just put on the full armor of God. Stand firm with the belt of truth. That's not a weapon. It's truth. It's what keeps us grounded keeps us together that's what the belt did it kept the armor together truth keeps us together put on the breastplate of righteousness over your heart the righteousness that we have in jesus christ that it's not something that we do ourselves but something that has been given to us that we are covered with it says keep your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace 
not looking to fight fights. You win fights through peace. He says through love, through peace. That's what you're ready for, to love those who are around you. In addition, take up the shield of faith to protect yourself, not so that you can use it to hit people. Anybody watch Captain America and the Winter Soldier on, on Disney Plus? The fake Captain America tried to use the shield as a weapon, and they kept telling him that's not a weapon. That's not what it's for. That's not what it's for. And it says it's to help protect you, not to fight a fight. To go forward in faith. Take on the helmet of salvation. And lastly, the sword of the Spirit. And Paul says it's not just a sword. It's the Word of God. It's not, not this sword that you would think that would hurt somebody else. Because the Word of God isn't like any other sword. It's there to bring life. Hope. So we cannot fight the way the world does. We cannot pick fights the way the world does. But he says, no, you fight by following after Jesus. You fight by following after Jesus. And that's where he takes you. You become, you, you become used to the armor of God and said, this is, this is mine now. I know, I know what it is. I know what it means to wear this armor, to walk this life, to follow Jesus. It's not what the world wants me to do. I'm not just picking aimless battles, but I am out here to spread the gospel of Jesus and the love of Christ. Would you stand with me this afternoon? Let us not, let us not try to do things that we don't need to, but instead follow after Jesus and fight the fights we need to with the love of Jesus above all else. Father God, in this moment, forgive us forgive us if we are picking fights that we don't need to fighting battles that you're not in forgive us God if we're doing things the wrong way if we are tearing down people instead of loving them help us to fight the good fight help us to run the race and keep our eyes on you Jesus that instead of doing things the way the world does, we will say, that is not mine. My ways are God's ways. My armor, my weapons are God's weapons. So help us make the effort to be used to them, to make them like ours, so that we will be say, I'm used to this now. And so I will walk in love. I will walk in peace. I will seek to spread the gospel of Jesus rather than to tear people down. We thank you, Jesus. If you need prayer in this place this morning or if you're watching online and you need prayer, let us know in the chat so we can pray for you today. Or if you are here in this moment and you need prayer, lift up your hand. We'll pray for you today as the worship team takes us into the presence of God. We hope you've enjoyed this message. 
We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us, you can email us at amen at myemmanuelchurch.com. And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.